We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. This is the week 13 podcast of the 2016 season. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of Bear Report here today with Aaron Lemming coming off of the ninth loss of the season for the Chicago Bears. How are you feeling today? Oh, man. Well, um, is it the is it the offseason yet? I mean, we've waited <laughs> all this time for uh, the regular season to start, and it started, and it's uh, it's not going too well. So <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for the offseason. Been getting pretty deep into the draft this year, which I guess is a plus. Yeah, you know, at this point, there's only a couple of things you can do, and I, I think we've talked about this a little bit, and, you know, looking at some of the younger players, and we'll talk about a few of them later, but uh, yeah, getting an early start on the draft is another uh, good way of biding the time, and in a, in a season in which the Bears just continue to lose games in almost every imaginable way, and that it continued last week against the Tennessee Titans, uh, you know, Matt Barkley had two early interceptions, both red zone interceptions. Those those were painful. Uh, came back, though, in the second half. Bears were down 27-7 to with a little under 14 minutes to play, and if the receivers hadn't dropped 10 passes, seven of those coming in the fourth quarter, Bears easily would have won that game. Barkley would have completed the comeback. And that those drops include two in the final drive in the final four plays of the game when the Bears are in the red zone and had an opportunity uh, to, to, to go ahead easily. Uh, one by Deontay Thompson and uh, the other by, who, who, was, who was that last one by? It was uh, Thompson and Bellamy. Yeah, Bellamy. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, Marquise Wilson had, had dropped a, a touchdown pass earlier in the game. So he had three touchdown passes 
and uh, 10 total drops by the wide receivers. And that, that really did him in. I mean, this is another game where the offensive line played fairly well. Jordan Howard had a good yards per carry. Uh, you know, Bartley was not sacked. You know, what, what were your impressions outside of the wide receivers? You know, how did, how did you feel about this game? Well, I think it was kind of more par for the course. I mean, for the most part, they were, you know, pretty well down in the game, especially going in the fourth quarter, I think. I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of Barkley. Uh, I think he showed some nice things down the stretch. I don't know if it's really worth getting excited about yet. Um, but, I mean, it, really what it comes down to, and I know a lot of people are wanting to blame the defense for a lot, but the defense has got some injuries, uh, for one. And then two, I mean, they're they're doing the best they can right now. I mean, it's just it's getting to that point of the year where – it's we're seeing a lot of guys that ultimately I don't think anybody would have predicted to be seeing uh, massive game snaps uh, down the stretch and so it right now at least for me I'm kind of looking at some of these guys that are you know borderline uh, roster players going in the next year who can make a name for themselves and especially the secondary I mean they've man they've got to get something figured out there I think obviously there's been a lot of injuries at corner but you look at safety and especially in this game I mean Adrian Amos really stuck out uh poorly and I it's tough for me because I was big on him coming out of Penn State and I thought transitioning from corner to safety um in college I thought he was going to have a lot better coverage skills and I think that's been one of his weak spots I mean ultimately if he's going to be a starter um down you know in the future for this team uh it's probably going to be more at uh, strong safety I think he's more of an in-the-box guy but unfortunately they don't have any cover uh any guy that can really cover and I mean even corners Bryce Callahan probably had the worst game of, of his career which has been short but I mean it's it's just getting to that point where you're seeing a lot of names out there. It's like, who? You know, it's like the first touchdown pass of the game come from, you know, Matt, Matt Barkley to uh, Sam Daniel Brown. Brown. Daniel yeah. Brown. Yeah, Daniel Brown. It's like, I mean, it's just stuff like that. It's like you would have never in a million years thought going, you know, into week 12 like they were last week that it would be like this. And I think there's definitely some positives to take from it. But it's actually kind of interesting. Uh, I was talking to John uh, Moon Mullen earlier and, he was kind of saying, you know, it made a lot of sense. It's like, you know, we can sit here and we can try to look at the positives of some of these players and some of these unknown names. Uh, but ultimately, it doesn't really do the Bears any good because they have a lot of good guys that are sitting on IR right now. So um, I guess, you know, for from a depth standpoint, maybe that will help. But I don't think we're going to see a lot of these guys come next year anyway. Um, so I, I don't know. It's 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 tough. I mean, like I said, I, I couldn't even remember Daniel Brown's name. I mean, it's getting to that point of the year. It's almost like a it's like a preseason game right now, you know. You're getting so many guys that you just I, I don't know. It, it's getting harder and harder to watch, uh, and it's getting harder to pull positives out of it. Maybe you got some. Maybe I'm just being negative right now. Well, you know, I, I think your desperation, your exasperation, just being worn down by this season, is felt not only by you but by a lot of Bears fans. A lot of the subscribers of Bear Report feel the same way. Feel like it's almost unwatchable at this point, and. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's tough to argue with that, just with the in the manner in which they continue to lose and the ways that, that they find ways to lose. It's it's almost like I, I mean, I honestly don't think anyone's tanking, but it it looks like they're tanking out there in the ways that they just every week somebody else fi- steps up and finds a different way to, to help the team lose. So yeah, I, I understand the exasperation. Uh, you know, especially with the secondary. You're right. Bryce Callahan has had a, a really rough past couple of weeks he was trying to one of the bright spots you, you you thought you might be able to see here down the stretch hasn't looked great Amos as well as Deion Bush both have struggled the last few weeks so yeah that you know the, the secondary 
is relatively healthy. I mean, uh, Kyle Fuller's coming back here uh, hopefully this week. Uh, but other than him, you know, this is the secondary they've kind of uh, this that they've come into the season with no huge major injuries there, and they they've really uh, you know not stepped up to the plate. No one really has. We talked about it last week. This is an opportunity for some of these young cornerbacks to really uh, you know take advantage. And, and use these reps to, to show them something and, and, and show them that show the Bears that they have value down the stretch and, and no one's really done that so far. That is disappointing. I did some uh, all 22 work, some film work on Deion Bush today. You can find it at bearreport.com, but it's not good. And I didn't go into it thinking that it was going to be bad. I was looking for good plays and I could only find one out of the past couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, you know that in that area, that's, that's very concerning. And I do agree uh, with you there, but I, on the offensive side of the football, I, I do want to talk about Matt Barkley a little bit and some of the things that I was able to uh, uh, see on film from him this week. Uh, you know, you're right; those those two early interceptions, man, those were killers. And you know, in a six point loss, two uh, red zone turnovers. I mean, that's that's six points at least that it cost them right there. So obviously, you know, you look back at the big plays of the game, and those were crucial. Those those uh, you know ultimately cost them a game, even though he was able to come back. But that fourth quarter was something really impressive, and I want I, I want to. Uh, talk about the film work here and and what he was able to do on his last uh two drives there he was that that third or the first drive of the fourth uh quarter where they scored uh titans defensive coordinator dick lebeau really sat back kind of played a little shell prevent defense and and barkley worked his way i think it was like a 14 play drive took what the defense gave him uh, and methodically worked his way up the field after that lebeau started bringing the pressure and he was blitzed on 30 of his uh, final 20 uh, pass attempts in that game. And uh, if you count the drops as completions, he completed 9 of 13 of those for three uh, first downs, or four first downs and a touchdown. Uh, You don't typically see that type of poise in the pocket under that type of duress in the game's biggest moments in a comeback situation with, uh, you know, no wide receiver, no help, you know, he just guys kept dropping balls, and Barkley kept putting them out there and putting them right on target the next play. You know, so he was never, uh, you know, disheartened by the ways that the receivers were letting him down over and over. That never got to him. Um, you know, and he stood in there and he 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 made throws with guys barreling in on him when he knew he was going to take hits, and that's. Uh, you know, that shows moxie, that shows poise, that shows a, a, a quarterback who, in, and this was in his first start, mind you. I mean, we're not talking, I mean, this is his fourth year, but this isn't a seasoned veteran by any means. This was his first start, and yeah, once he got the, the uh, you know, cleared out some of the cobwebs and kind of got that rust off of him, he looked pretty dr- good in that fourth quarter. And to me, if you are looking for positives, that's the biggest positive you're going to get out of that game. And the fact that he was able to stand in there, make throws to a bunch of B-league wide receivers who, who weren't catching the ball. Uh, you know, with a defense that wasn't helping him out and, uh, you know, and should have brought the Bears back to a comeback victory. I mean, right now we should be talking about the four and eight Chicago Bears instead of the three, or the, I'm sorry, the three and eight Chicago Bears instead of the two and nine Chicago Bears. That was a win that was stolen from the Bears by the wide receivers, stolen from Barkley and what he was able to do in that fourth quarter. Uh, credit goes to the offensive line. They did not allow a sack again. Uh, Jordan Howard almost averaged five yards a carry. So again, the offensive line did well there. A little inconsistent in the run game, but man, Offensively, you know, the, the, Barkley did enough, and you at least know that you know he's going to be there under center for the next five games. We're going to get to know a little bit more about Matt Barkley, but to me, he's at least earned uh, an invite to training camp next year to compete with potentially Connor Shaw and uh, you know whoever they decide to go with as the starter, Brian Hoyer, Jay Cutler. I mean, uh, your was that fourth quarter? I mean. 
Are you disregarding the fourth quarter just because you look so bad the first three quarters? I mean, is that is that where we're at here with with Barkley on your end? Well, I think it was just overall what I saw. I mean, the fourth quarter was impressive, uh, and I that's giving me some sort of hope that maybe he can be something, uh, you know, later on down the stretch in terms of. Let's just put it this way: I don't I don't see him even in his best days, I don't see him as any more than probably a backup at this point, which at the same time is really not that, you know, that's, that's not a bad consolation prize for a guy that you claim off of uh, waivers. But yeah, I think a lot of it was just, especially in those first few quarters, uh, some of his, some of his decision-making was a little off and it's, it's it is really tough, you know, cause I, I went in that, that game with a mindset of really, I don't, care what happens at this point you know I'm almost kind of looking for him to lose more than anything because I think that's going to help him more in terms of draft position but I think you know coming off and especially in that that first half I mean he had what 66 yards and two interceptions and that touchdown and I mean he definitely he came came through a little bit better in the actually a lot better in the fourth quarter but you know I think we've seen that a lot and especially uh, you know with a lot of teams including the Bears is sometimes you just have those defensive breakdowns late in games and I don't I guess my whole thing is I, I'm not really sure I'm looking to disregard what he did in the fourth quarter, but I'm also wanting to see can he translate that fourth quarter into a whole entire game because that's something that he's going to need to do. And unfortunately, it's going to be a little hard to gauge. I mean, they've had a makeshift uh, offensive line, um, and then you talk about the receivers and the 10 drops. And I think overall it's definitely a little uh, a little hard to judge. But, I mean, overall I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed, but – then again, I haven't even really gone back and watched the game. So, I mean, if you're looking at stuff and you're going with all 22, then that would definitely be uh, more to trust than me going off of the one game that I saw. And well, not- let, let me ask you this. Do you think if Jay Cutler had been in that game and the first half had drawn as badly as it did for Matt Barkley, as, you know, if Cutler were under center, do you think he would have been able to turn it around and you know create and build that furious comeback the same way Barkley did? No. No, I don't, and I mean and that is a good point. And it, you know, and that's kind of what, and that's another thing I want to talk about too is the fact that, you know, Cutler's been sacked multiple times, and about the same amount of game time as Hoyer versus, uh, you know, Hoyer and Barkley, who combined have been sacked five times, and I think that's something. I mean, we're looking at numbers, and granted, they are only numbers, but we're looking at numbers between Hoyer and Barkley that have been flat out better than anything Cutler's done all season. So. It almost kind of makes me wonder, because Cutler's obviously the better of the three quarterbacks when we talk about that, but it almost kind of makes you wonder, especially with Dow Loggins uh, and his offense, if maybe going to more of a conservative approach with that dink and dunk uh, may be the better way to go. And I don't think as far as the scoring goes, because they're still not scoring a lot, but I don't think as far as the scoring goes, I don't know if that's so much on the quarterback it is, you know, the play calling, and obviously, because it was, what, a 27-21 game when it was all said and done, right? Right. And you know if if that last if that last touchdown is completed, I mean that's the first time they scored over twenty four points in the whole entire season, with essentially their fourth string quarterback. So it, I, I don't think Cutler would have been able to come back from that. Um, I, I think a lot of that is mental. So I guess that is a, a positive attribute from that aspect. But I just don't I don't know if I see it with Barkley. And granted, it only has been one game. That was his first start. So I guess in terms of optimism, I, I think that is something to look forward to. But I do firmly feel um, regardless of how he does this year I don't think he's somebody that you can bank on for the future as a you know a, a potential starting quarterback I do think you know like you mentioned before <clears throat> you, you're gonna have to go with a veteran whether that be Cutler or Hoyer 
preferably Hoyer because he's going to be a lot cheaper if they keep Loggins and drafting a guy. But I don't think, I don't, at least with me, and it is only one game, I don't think I see um, I don't see Barkley as anything more than really a quality backup at this point. I think that's kind of the ceiling. And but I think that's there's nothing wrong with that, like you said, and I I, I agree with you 100. percent I think the best he is going to be is a backup. I mean, when we're talking about a journeyman through, through the, the first four years, it was picked up off the street. But I do, you know, you look at some of the backup quarterbacks that the Bears have had over the past 10 years, and other than Josh McCown and this year Brian Hoyer, they've all been horrible. Um, you know, so if you can get a young, I mean, Barkley's still relatively young. You get a young quarterback who, uh, you know, you sign for three, four years, and you at least have a little bit of security at the most important position on the field, especially if you're going to move on from Cutler and go with an, uh, a potentially uh, unknown guy or, or even Brian Hoyer, who, who uh, you know, the, the jury's still out on him. So it doesn't hurt to have a guy in your back pocket who that you know, hey, if, if it comes down to it, he's not going to kill us. You know, he's not going to go out there and just destroy us. Uh, because he did show a little bit uh, yesterday so, or uh, this week, so I, I, I mean, like I said, that's that's it's a small consolation for a really lost season. But I do think that at this point, you got to start looking for those small things, those little things. Um, one thing that you did mention is that both Brian Hoyer and uh, uh, Matt Bartley, as well as Connor Shaw, throughout training camp and during the preseason, if Bears fans remember how well he played uh, during the preseason before he got hurt. Shaw was the best uh, quarterback in training camp, I felt. So everybody outside of Jay Cutler has improved at the quarterback position this year. They've they've all played better than expected. And, you know, Jay Cutler is who he is. You know, it's it's hard to say, point, point the finger at who the regression is, who the fault is for his regression this year. I, uh, to me, I pointed on Cutler just because he's an 11-year veteran who should know better than to be running around the pocket with holding the ball around his hip with one hand. Um, but, you know... It, the other guys, the younger players, the you know the the Connor Shaw and the Matt Bartley. That how much credit does quarterbacks coach Dave Ragone get? And and to a, to a, a lesser extent, uh, Dow Loggins, who was a quarterbacks coaches uh, throughout most of his career. I mean these these guys have all developed very well, and you know people aren't talking about Dave Ragone. And to me, if 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 those guys continue to play well, if, like if we see Bartley continue to progress over the next five weeks and you know maybe Connor Shaw comes back and plays uh, at the way the same way they did last year that to me shows that hey the Bears might have a quarterbacks coach who's who knows what he's doing and then if you do get a first round uh, draft pick at that position or a second round draft pick that they they might have a guy who's capable of getting the most out of the out of that uh, of a young quarterback is this something that you've even thought about, and uh, does that give you any confidence that if they do go in that go that route, that Ragon might be the guy to get the most out of them? Well, the only reason that I thought about it is because of the Bear Report message boards, and I think you wrote an article on that. So, yeah, it, it is a very interesting and a good point because, like you said, it, it's one thing to look at the offense as a whole and to see. I mean, they're just they're flat out bad when it comes to scoring points, but I mean. They, he's taken a guy in, in Brian Hoyer who has been a journeyman at best. And really, I mean, he looked pretty good. Obviously, there re- really wasn't many downfield opportunities. But even looking at Barkley, I mean, last or last week he was able to at least get the ball down the field a little bit. Uh, none of them are really completions. Uh, but he got two pass interference calls. And I think that's something uh, with Hoyer that kind of concerns me a little bit moving down the stretch if they want him as a uh, veteran quarterback. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, even with Connor Shaw, I mean, this is a guy that – 
Um, I didn't really know what to expect out of. I know he was a little bit of a hot commodity uh, in terms of when he went when he went on waivers to be claimed. But yeah, I mean, it is a, it is a very good thing, and especially for the future, if this is something that continues uh, to be a trend, and hopefully it will be. Um, you know, drafting a quarterback. That's I think that's my biggest concern right now with this team moving forward, especially with Dow Loggins as their offensive coordinator, and to a certain extent, John Fox as the head coach is can we trust this coaching staff to be able to develop a quarterback? And that, I mean, it doesn't matter who you draft. I mean, it's kind of like, I know a lot of people say this and I was a big Dak Prescott fan as well, but a lot of people say, well, they had three chances to take Prescott. Well, I can guarantee you right now that if Prescott was in this offensive system, he would not be nearly as good as he was in Dallas. And that's something that concerns me. If you're going to use a first or second round pick on your future quarterback, then it better be a guy that you could be able to develop. And development goes a long way. I mean, we've seen that even with Cutler going back to his Denver days and how good he was there versus the situation that he was put in the Chicago with Lovey Smith. Uh, I mean, that was that was a mess. And that was something that, in my opinion, definitely stunted his career. I mean, he's definitely not without fault in that regard. But it is something that's going to be big. And if they have a quarterback's coach, um, really, I, I mean, the way I look at it is they have two quarterbacks coach and uh, really no offensive coordinator right now because <laughs> I just, Loggins is – I don't think he's competent uh, when it comes to that. But if you can at least see – especially next year because my gut feeling is ultimately I think John Fox is going to be back and ultimately I think Dow Loggins is going to be back for the simple fact that I don't know how many guys are going to want to take a job or if they're even going to want to take the chance of hiring an offensive coordinator that may not have a job a year from now after he's being hired so I mean if that's the case then yeah that that would give me a lot more hope uh, if Ragon is the guy that you think he is and that I mean honestly I, I wonder the same thing it's like if this is somebody who can develop a quarterback or develop multiple quarterbacks, I mean, that's big. I mean, the Bears have been a very storied franchise, and they've been around a long time, and they've done a lot of good things. But the one thing that they have never really been able to get right is the quarterback position. And if they can have somebody who is able to develop not one, not two, but three guys and be able to have this solid core, kind of like we thought Mark Tressman was going to do at one point, then I think that would be really big, and especially – for the for the direction that they're going to go into, because honestly, there's no doubt in my mind at this point that Jay Cutler's gone. I, I think he's played his last game as a Bear, um, and I really think that's it. Just it's needed for both sides. So I mean, it is getting that point where we need to look at the future. We need to see who is out there, um, you know. And Bears fans and yeah, really everybody needs to needs to prepare for that. And having a good quarterbacks coach um, that can at least develop, even if you have a bad offensive system. So let's say Dow Loggins is gone after a year of having a rookie quarterback. At least you still have a good foundation um, in terms of coaching with the quarterbacks coach. And that's something that will be big because that's a big concern of mine. I don't know how you, what your feelings are on that. Well, I, I agree. Absolutely. And I think what will help in that scenario, if we're going, is that guy is, uh, you know, you put him, but, you put that rookie quarterback, you put that young player behind a good offensive line. And I think another another point that I wanted to make is not only Redrome, but what Dave Magazoo, the offensive line coach, has done this season as well gives me hope that, hey, if you do have this young uh, uh, quarterback come in and, you know, you don't know a whole lot, you know, you know it's going to be a learning process for him. The last thing you want to do is put him behind an offensive line that can't keep him upright. I mean, it's the uh, you know, the uh, David Carr syndrome. You know, you have a talented quarterback who you just uh, throw under the bus and, and kind of ruin because you can't protect him. So, uh, you know, Dave Magazoo has been able to keep uh, Bears quarterbacks upright all season, no matter who's been out there. I mean, the Bears right now, they're, last week they were without both uh, 
uh, Kyle Long and Josh Sitton. Bobby Massey's banged up. And don't forget they have a rookie at center. And uh, Matt Barkley didn't wasn't sacked once. So it doesn't matter who they put out there so far this year. Uh, the Bears have been able to, to do well up front. And that will help. I mean, we're talking about quarterbacks, but the offensive line is huge in how a quarterback is going to, to develop. So if they do keep the same coaching staff and both those Dave uh, Radon and, and Magazine were there on offense next year. That gives me a little bit of hope for the Bears that they might be able to, you know, at least develop some competency on offense if they do have some young players out there at the quarterback position. So let's move on. Let's talk about Jay Cutler a little bit more and the fact that we will not see him for the rest of this season. He was officially placed on injured reserve today, a week after the Bears said he was day to day following the injury uh, to his shoulder in the Giants game. Torn labrum will require surgery on Saturday, done for the season. Jay Cutler now has missed, uh, I think I did a, an article on it this week, four, or no, you did an article on it this week, Four point he will average with the games that he's missed this year, 4.3 games per season uh, since he's been in Chicago, and uh, that's disappointing, uh, you know, in, in the fact that he can't stay healthy and when he's been out there, the, the results haven't been what you wanted, and now, like you said, we're probably looking at a future without Jay Cutler, I mean, Jake, I don't, I just don't see how they can go forward with him. I do think that he's probably played his last snap in Chicago, and uh, I, the future's a little murky there at the quarterback position, don't you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I can't help but laugh at this, but I mean, how fitting is it that Jay Cutler's last throw, possibly last throw in a Chicago Bears uniform, is going to be an interception to end the game to lose it? I mean, that just, and it just, that is, that's perfect. I mean, that's just really just describes his career in Chicago and like I, I mean like I touched on before I I think a lot of what has happened with him has just been a stunt in development I think a lot of that you can you can really blame on the Bears I do think Cutler's had uh you know definitely had his part in that but it yeah it's just it's that time I mean it really is I mean you got you have a team that ultimately is probably going to finish anywhere from two to four wins a season um they're going to have a lot of money in free agency they're going to have a very high draft pick uh you know, I'm not in the boat right now where, you know, I think this quarterback class, especially on the top end, has actually got some pretty good talent in it. So I'm not going to sit here and write off this uh, write off this draft class. I think they have a, a chance to really get get a good foundation in there. And I and the thing that that makes me wonder a little bit, and it all depends on their offensive coordinator, because I do think if Loggins is back, I, I, I think Hoyer will see at least Hoyer for another year or two. But if they go in a different direction um, – you would kind of wonder if Hoyer is really going to fit into that just for the simple fact that, I mean, he's a guy that doesn't really have a vertical capability, I guess is really what you could say. So I I don't know. It's The whole Cutler thing, though, I think it's just it's that time. And the one thing that I've been wondering for the last week is, why is John Fox just now announcing this? I know they've said that they've done everything in their power. It's a torn labrum. The torn labrums do not heal on their own. <laughs> Something I, I don't know how many times I can stress that, especially over Twitter. A torn labrum is something that does not heal on its own that is needing surgery, regardless if it's a partial like Kyle Long had, like they claim that Jay Cutler had or not. This is something that he was not going to be able to throw the ball with. So, I mean, from that standpoint, I don't know if this was something to save face on the way uh, Fox handled Cutler when he had his thumb injury. And I, I don't know. But this whole entire situation has been weird. And quite frankly, and I, I don't think I'm alone on this, I, I think to a certain extent, I think Cutler deserves better. I mean, if 
he's going to be 34 this offseason, you know, let him go to a team that has a playoff shot, you know, and hopefully he can do something there. Um, but I just don't think it's a very ideal situation, especially for John Fox, who, if he is back next year, is going to be on the hot seat. And I don't think Ryan Pace is exactly on the hot seat yet, but I think you can start to make a case, especially for two losing seasons. I mean, it's going to start getting there, and I don't think either one of those guys are going to want to die in the Jay Cutler Hill like many other, you know, the two other regimes that have been here have. I, I just I don't see that happening. So I do think in some way, shape, or form, whether they release him, trade him, whatever they're going to do, I, I don't think Cutler will throw another pass in a Bears uniform. Yeah, and I, I agree. And, and you wrote a really good uh, story today up on BearReport.com uh, that really gives all the options that the Bears have, and that includes some of the players that uh, are going to be available in free agency uh, next year, a potential trade with the Patriots possibly for Garoppolo, and some of the high-round draft picks. I mean, there are some options, but still a ton of uncertainty if you get rid of Jay Cutler. And I think you know, a lot of there's been some rumors out here that the Bears actually may consider keeping him just because you know they they don't have a good plan B in place, at least not right now. And you know, if they go into the draft and they can't get a guy that they like in the draft, and they're not able to get a guy that they really like in free agency, then maybe oh man, we're going to have to fall back on Plan C again and keep Jay Cutler for around for one more season. If everything falls apart, maybe I could see that happening. But I think you're absolutely right. No one, no one's career has advanced because they had Jay Cutler. Think about that. I mean, no, no head coach, no offensive coordinator, no one's career, no general manager ever advanced because when when they coached or had Jay Cutler on their roster. And I just don't think that. And and that's not. I'm that's. I'm not knocking Jay Cutler. It just. It is what it is. It hasn't all been his fault. But, you know, that's the case. I mean, GMs get after GM, after head coach, after offensive coordinator, head coach. They all just get fired. One after another gets fired after working with Jay Cutler. And I don't think, like you said, there, I just don't see Ryan Pace saying, you know, I'm, I'm hopping on that Cutler train no matter what. He's taking me to the promised land. I, I, I think he's too smart for that. And I, I think John Fox is as well. And say what you will about his, uh, the way that he handles injuries. You know, he does know a little bit about football. So, I, and I, you know, you have to think that, like you said, the last throw that John Fox and Brian Pace are going to remember is Jay Cutler launching a ball in a very winnable game in a potential game-winning drive, just launching it into triple coverage. Just, yeah, that's enough. I'm done playing. I don't feel like it ain't. You know, that's the lasting memory that they're going to have a Jay Cutler, and I just don't see it happening. I, I think they're going to go plan B, plan C, whatever that is. And desperation, they'll bring him back. But I do think that the, t- the Jay Cutler era in Chicago will be over after this year, good or bad, whatever that brings. I think we should expect it and, like you said, start preparing for it. Also prepare to not have Danny Trevathan out, uh, back on the field for the rest of the year. He's also been placed on injured reserve this year. That puts 16 Bears on injured reserve, which is second only to the San Diego Chargers in the NFL this year, a number of players on injured reserve. Uh, you know, you, 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 and I, I, we didn't talk, we didn't have our podcast last last week because of technical difficulties. But I do think that these injuries are probably going to keep John Fox in Chicago. Agree or disagree? Oh, I hundred percent agree. I, I I will take it a step further and think I think these these injuries are going to keep Dow Logan in Chicago as the offensive coordinator. And I, to a certain extent, it's like you know, it's a lost season. I don't. I wouldn't say I don't mind because that's kind of kind of a messed up thing to say because obviously you feel for every single one of these guys that get hurt. Um, but I think, you know, for the most part, none of these injuries have really had any long-term effect. But I think the Danny Trevathan injury, I think that's a pretty big – that's a big deal. Uh, you know, a lot of people have 
you know, aren't really too familiar with the injury itself. But I mean, this could potentially be worse uh, than an ACL. I mean, this is a ruptured patella is a big deal. Now, to give fans some hope, uh, you know, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Graham had this happen last year right around the same time within like two days of each other. And he was able to come back. And I think he was ready for week one, if I remember right. So it's just these are the kind of injuries that really bother me. It's one thing like with Kyle Long where, he, you know, he broke his uh, ankle or whatever it was. And it's like, OK, he can have surgery on that. He can get his labrum replaced. Uh, Brian Hoyer will be, you know, will likely be back next year. Um, Kevin White. I mean, all these the rest of these injuries don't bother me as much. But when you have a guy like Danny Trevathan, who you pay a pretty good amount of money to. And on top of that, I mean, he's he's I think six million through his 12 million guaranteed. So he's on the roster for at least another year. Um, but he's also a big part of their defense. I mean, that was one of the big pluses. So the, uh, the injuries are getting very old. And weirdly enough, uh, the Chargers still have somehow have 18 guys on IR. So the Bears are second in the league right now, if you can believe that. I mean, that's 16 players. And by my count, uh, that was eight starters and potentially nine, depending on what uh, Boykin did. Um, and I guess you can kind of consider Hoyer a starter as well. But, I mean, that's uh, that's a pretty big – I mean, that's that's a big dent. And, and it makes it really hard, especially from a from an evaluation standpoint in a year where you're supposed to be getting better to really judge anything. So that that's the main reason why I think John Fox is going to get another year. Ultimately, I think the whole entire coaching staff will probably be back. Yeah, I, I could see that. That it's a good point because I only thought about this in the in the sense of John Fox returning. But that's a good point about Dow Loggins and. I guess the one issue that I have uh, now, you know, he's he's down to his fourth string quarterback. Pace will Ryan Pace and John Fox will convince themselves that because he was Dow Loggins had a fourth string quarterback, he should get to come back. You're totally right. So you know, I I think a lot of people want uh, you know to clean house or to maybe uh, get rid of Fox and and some of the offensive coaches maybe elevate Vic Fangio. I know we've talked about that a little bit. I'm still on board with that, but I think at the end of the day. At that postseason press conference, the the day or two, the week after the season ends, that the Bears always do when Ryan Pace and John Fox are up there. Ryan Pace is going to come up, and he's going to commend John Fox for the work that he did this year to be able to get the team through, uh, you know, an injury-filled season. He's going to mention how many injuries they had, how many injuries they had to important positions, and all of that is valid. Uh, but if you want John Fox gone, I just don't see it happening. I think that these injuries are are more than enough reason to Ryan Pace to convince himself that Fox and the rest of the staff deserve to return. And, uh, you know, if you if you don't think that anything's going to get any better under John Fox and probably anything, nothing's going to change next season. I don't, I don't think that. I think maybe if some guys get stay healthy and uh, they get a better quarterback, uh, maybe maybe the Bears can, can improve substantially next season. But uh, I, I don't think it's going to be under a new coaching staff at all. So with this week, 2-9, heading or, you know, facing a 49ers team, which... This is a battle. This could be the battle for the number two uh, spot in the draft this year. No. Yeah. It. Uh, man. It. This is the first time I think I was reading this. And the first time since 2007 that two teams with three wins or less have played in a game as late as Week 13. I mean, that's just. It's crazy. The odds. I was reading the odds. I think this is from like ESPN stats or something. The odds of the Bears uh, getting the second overall draft pick if they lose this game goes from like 12% to 49%. Um, but if they win, it goes from 12% down to like 5 or 6 So 
you know, granted that doesn't really mean much, but uh, this is a big game, especially if you're a draft person like I am in terms of, you know, wanting the highest draft pick in a lost season. Uh, this is a game they need to lose. Uh, so, I mean, I, it sounds weird saying that, but, I mean, it really is the case. And I think I think the 49ers – they're going to give the Bears a run for the money. I don't think this is going to be. I know a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of people thinking that the Bears are just going to win this game easily, and I think Colin Kaepernick, especially with his running ability, is going to create a lot of issues for a banged up Bears defense. But it's it's uh, it's definitely not going to be a highly viewed game. Um, <laughs> that, that's really all I can say about that. Sure, you know, it's a good point about Kaepernick, and that. That's where a loss of a guy like Danny Trevathan really hurts you because Trevathan is that speedy linebacker who might have been able to spy on Kaepernick a little bit and keep him from hurting him with his legs. Now they don't really have that. Uh, it's going to be Nick Kwiatkowski and John Timu uh, at li- inside linebacker for the Bears. Neither is a fleet of foot, so I don't see them chasing down uh, Colin Kaepernick sideline to sideline. The one thing that gives me a little hope for the Bears this week is that the uh, 49ers have... Uh, the worst defense in the NFL by far. They're 32nd in points allowed, total defense, rushing defense, uh, 23rd in turnover ratio. I mean, they're just uh, they're, they're a mess on defense. And I think as long as Matt Bartley avoids some of those uh, crucial turnovers like he had last week, there is an opportunity for the Bears to put up a lot of points. But with all those injuries on defense, I could see the Bears giving up a lot of points as well. So, uh, you know, <laughs> this this isn't going to be game of the week stuff. But, man, when you talk about the implications of this, I mean, if you were I, – I, I'm not a, a, a proponent of wanting a team to lose. I've never – you know, back in my, when I was a, a hardcore fan of – I, I never, even in the worst seasons, I didn't want to watch my teams lose. That's hard to do. But if there was ever a time for a Bears fan to want the Bears to lose, this is it. Because uh, this, like you said, this is the battle for the second uh, pick overall. And last year, the second pick overall got you Carson Wentz. And I think the Bears would love to have, any Bears fans would love to have Carson Wentz right now. So, you know, the, this... That, you know, this is such a meaningless game in, in terms of this season, but the implications, this should be game of the week. I mean, this is this is the game of the season for Bears fans because if they lose this, all of a sudden you're in that uh, that bidding for, uh, you know, in that, that battle for one of those top quarterbacks in the next year's draft. And again, who knows if the, the savior for the franchise is going to be there at number two, but sure looks like it was there for the Eagles last season, so... And hey, if the Bears want to go that route and uh, trade uh, trade back, they'll get a ton of picks for that number two. So, you know, the value that you have when you the, the higher up you go in that first round, the, the the more you're going to get if you're able to trade back. And obviously, we saw last season that there, there's potentially going to be a team out there who's you know want to dump a lot of picks to get up uh, to move up that high. So that's a route that the Bears want to go. That's also an option as well. So I, uh, this is a game that you know, like I said, I I, I don't ever uh, you know just I would never justify rooting against your team except for this week what do you feel yeah I think that's a that's a pretty safe bet I mean because here's the way I look at it and really you don't know what Cleveland's going to do right now I think they're going to get a quarterback somehow they're going to pick number one overall I mean there's really I would be shocked if they win a game this year I mean that's really just what it's come down to so I think when you look at that, you have the proponent there for them maybe taking a quarterback or taking Miles Garrett. I kind of get a gut feeling that they may try to trade for Garoppolo. I mean, they've got a boatload of picks, and they've got, I think, two first-rounders and a few second-rounders. So 
but the thing here is, is you if you somehow pick number two, you're either going to have the the choice between the top two quarterbacks. There's always going to be top two quarterbacks, and like I said before, I really think this quarterback class is better than a lot of people are giving it credit for. My top two guys right now are Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun Kaiser. I think Watson's still up there. Uh, Mahomes is a guy that I don't think he'll get in terms of like top first round, but I think he's also somebody. Um, that is probably going to gain some steam, and then uh, you know, there's there's definitely a few other guys out there that could declare as well. And granted, nobody has declared yet. So, but what the way I look at it is, if the Bears pick number two, you're going to have those top two quarterbacks. So realistically, even if they don't get, let's say Trubisky goes number one, then Kaiser's going to be there, vice versa, or whoever ends up being their number two. Um, in worst case scenario, let's say they have a guy in mind like Watson that they think they could pick up at the end of the first round by trading back in. Then, if that quarterback goes number one, then all of a sudden you have the top, you know, the top defensive talent, which would either be Jonathan Allen or more likely Miles Garrett at this point. So, I mean, this is, to me at least, this is this is something big for the Bears. I mean, you're either going to get your franchise quarterback or you're going to get a star defensive player, which is something they still really don't have uh, at least yet. So, I, I really do think this is a big game. I really do. I mean, that's I. Like you said, if this is if if there is any game that you would root for your team to lose, this is it. And I think this is this is the most winnable game for the Bears down the stretch. You know, the, the, after this, they go on the road to Detroit, and then they face the Packers and Redskins at home, and then go on the road to the Vikings. So uh, you could see them easily lose in all four of those games as well. So if this they go down now this week against the the Forty Niners, the chance of them going. 2-14 and 14 are very, very realistic at that point. So I think that that, you know, you, you lose to the 49ers and you almost lock up that number two pick. I could, I could maybe see them come doing some crazy, uh, getting, a, getting a win against one of these NFC North teams just because it is one of those rivalry games. But, man, I think at the, this game they lose, Bears fans should start thinking about uh, who, who they think the Bears should select with that number two overall pick. That should get you excited for the offseason. If nothing else, in a loss... Lost year for the Chicago Bears, two and nine. Uh, opportunity though this week to solidify that number two spot. Hate to say it, but you got to root, root against the Bears this week. That's it for you guys. Hope we didn't depress you too much. Hopefully, we gave you a little bit to get excited about, especially with Matt, uh, uh, with with Barkley and what he might be able to do this week. So. Thank you for uh, sticking around with this. Be sure to follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL. Be sure to follow me at Bear Report. Come check us out the Bear Report Facebook page, also the message boards at Bear Report, and you know check out all our work. We uh, we me and Aaron cover the Bears every day. We'd love for you to come and uh, give us some comments, give us some feedback, and let you let you let us know what you guys think. All right, that's it, guys. Have a good one, and uh, hopefully we're talking about a Bears loss next week. Thanks.